When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And that just kind of inspired me um, from the very beginning. Even when I was seven years old, it kind of informed me that this is the world we live in today. And I remember having a conversation with my mom, kind of sitting me down, telling me about what it's like to be Black in America. And although I was only seven years old, I feel like I kind of started to slowly grasp the concept that, you know, whenever I walk out of the house, there is a target on my back due to my skin color. 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 Welcome to Wow Black, a seriously opinionated podcast bringing you the real and raw on anything happening while black. If black culture's there, we're there. If you're pissed or empowered, then let's talk about it. Ride with us on this all black everything. Everybody, welcome back to Wild Black. This is the time Art normally jumps in and says his piece, but Art is not with us tonight. He is under the weather. We're going to hold it down without him. But as always, we have got an amazing guest for you today. I'm really excited, right? I, I love when I look up and I see the youth in this country creating a difference, standing up with their voices, pushing them proudly forward, carving out their own place and making the impact, right? Because generationally, we have to do a lot to get where we're trying to go. And that's what today's topic is. We're talking about youth activism. We're sitting here with 17-year-old? 16 still. Goodness gracious. We're sitting here with 16-year-old Kylie Rice. I'm going to tell you just a little bit about her, and then we're going to ask her to tell you more about herself. She's an Atlanta area high school senior, youth activist, and founder of When Will It End, a teen-focused platform providing a safe space for empowerment, education, amplification, and activation with the goal of creating better. Better what? Better everything. But she can do it much more justice than can I. So. Kylie, welcome to Wild Black. Please tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Well, hi, everyone. I'm Kylie Rice. As he said, I'm the founder of At When Will It In 2020 on Instagram. I got that 2020. Sorry, (laughs) y'all. I launched it back in May of 2020 last year, right after the killing of George Floyd. Um, I've always been passionate about civil rights. I'm my Roswell High School's Black Student Union president. And I've always just been involved in my community and trying to make a change within my respective areas. Ooh, y'all heard that. You already know what it's going to be about today. You feeling good? Feeling good. 
All right, let's see how this goes. Let's see how this goes. Well, we're going to jump into our wild black shit. You know what it is. A couple <laughs> questions, some fun, some real. We'll dive right in. So, as I was thinking about questions, and, and truly, I struggled when there's, like, I'm old. Right? And when there's this much of an age gap, I always struggle to figure out what can I ask. But I took a shot. And so yeah. today, I was sitting back thinking, like, where's the connection? And I remembered being, man, maybe, maybe younger than you are now. Don't let me lie. And I was listening to Will Smith. At the time, he was the Fresh Prince, right? Of he course. hadn't blown up as an actor yet. And he had this song called Parents Just Don't Understand. I remember playing the song. And one day, my mom was like, what the hell do we not understand? <laughs> and it caught me off guard. Mm-hmm. So it's my turn to catch you off guard, right? 2021, what do parents not understand about your life, about youth activism? What do they not understand? I don't think they understand the amount of confidence. Which I her feel mom like. is sitting two feet to the right, by the way. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't think they understand the confidence it takes. I think they kind of expect us to be able to step up, speak out for ourselves. Right. When not all of us, I think, are comfortable within our own skin to be able to. Yeah. I feel like it's kind of a unique thing for someone to be able to step out and express their own opinions regarding all topics. Right. They kind of expect a lot for us, especially with this day and age and social media, especially. Right. I just think they kind of expect more. And while not everyone is prepared, you know, to be able to give their two cents on every topic, I think the ones who are stepping out and, you know, speaking their opinions are making the best change that they can. So I just feel like they kind of expect us to do more than sometimes right. what we believe that we can. Right. But on the contrary, I think that kind of pushes us to do more since they know what we are capable of. Right. I think that kind of what keeps our generation motivated as a whole, our I, parents. I can feel that. You were ready for that one, though. I can't, I can't take nothing away from you. You reacted. <laughs> you were swift with it. Okay, I like that. Thank you. All right, so question two. Top fives, for whatever reason, you know, are important in our culture. Top five rappers, <laughs> top favorite movies. And I want to take advantage of the age gap here, right? Like, mm-hmm. if somebody asks me my top five movies, it's going to be The Five Heartbeats, The Five Heartbeats, Friday, The Five Heartbeats, and The Five Heartbeats. <laughs> right? That's just how it works for me. Right. But I want to ask you, top five, music in this case, who are your top five artists? Who are you listening to? Lil Baby. I don't, you, okay, go ahead. <laughs> Lil Baby, he's an Atlanta native. He's my number one for sure. Okay. Um, probably Young Thug. Um, That's Atlanta too, right? Yes, yep. he is Atlanta too. I rep Atlanta, even though right. I'm not from here. Okay, still rep it. Good. You here? Um, probably Gunna, Atlanta as well. You don't know these people. Um, NBA Young Boy. Yeah, <laughs> you're a little stumped. There's a confused look on my face right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and Future. He's been around. He's the only for one I really know. Yes, I love Future. What but. the hell is an NBA young boy? He don't disrespect him. He is so good. <laughs> he is so good. He's good. I mean, I'm not, typing in here, <laughs> NBA young. Boy, they so. don't really talk about a lot of meaningful stuff besides Lil Baby. I would say he's the most impactful, especially with the Black Lives Matter movement. He was the first one I out saw of the all George of those. Floyd video he did. Yes, I he did was the first that. one to kind of use his platform for good. I right. feel like a lot of the rappers just kind of take advantage of it and not really give back to their communities. Yeah. But Lil Baby will forever rep Atlanta, give back to the kids, and always inspire us, I feel like. So he that's why he's catchy ones. Like, my I, number I, I one. Can, I don't <laughs> own any, is it Little Baby or Lil Baby? Lil. L-I-L. I don't own Lil any Baby. Lil Baby, but I, I do recognize him. 
Yes. The other ones? Not so much. Completely lost. I, I can't even repeat them back to you. <laughs> it's okay. I Except put you NBA on. Young Boy, because I, I wrote them down. Like, I don't even understand that name. Yeah. But we'll do <laughs> it, it. It's okay. All right. The third question, the signature question on Wild Black is always, 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 what do you love most about life, Wild Black? I love the culture. I love the community feel. I love the fact that I can walk into a store, wave at another Black person. They'll smile and wave back at me. Yeah, we got a I feel like <laughs> I feel like that is just a different type of connection that um, other races, per se, do yeah. not have. Yeah. And I think that just community and experience and just rallying together as one always just kind of sparks to me. It speaks out to me. It kind of what makes me love being Black. No doubt there. All right, so we're going to move into the dope quote. Our dope quote is typically something historical from religion, philosophy, music, entertainment. Really doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Most of the time from someone Black. But today's I thought was really, really, really powerful because it's highly relevant and it's from like two days ago. Right? So I'm going to read it to you and then I'd love to get your response. What brings to mind when you hear this quote? What do you think about? What do you feel? We will not march back to what was, but move forward to what shall be. A country that is bruised but whole, benevolent but bold, fierce, and free. And that's from Amanda Gorman at the inauguration. So very, very relevant, even though you're probably hearing this in March. We are recording this in January. What are your thoughts when you hear that? Well, just coming from Amanda, I would say it's inspiring. I think her being the youngest um, person to speak at the inauguration is just very inspiring to our generation, especially because she's an African-American young girl or woman since she is 22. Right. Um, I feel like it kind of um, paints a new face on our generation. It kind of proves how much we can do. Right. And it's just very inspiring to hear that another little black girl right. is taking steps forward to change the country, change right. the narrative, and make people hear what she has to say. I think a lot of times people doubt us, girls, um, yeah. and especially with our skin color, it's kind of like two strikes against us. Yeah. And to hear her just step up there and deliver her truth, I would call it, right. is just inspiring. I think she is completely correct, especially because our new president and everything that's going on, hopefully this is a better four years than what we previously experienced. Amen. But I think it's just inspiring overall just to know that we are um, making change. Yeah. We shall overcome yeah. and our future will be brighter than what it is now. Had you heard of her before the inauguration? I have not. I, mean, I just... I felt bad. So yeah. how, how did I miss this? Like she's speaking exactly. this well, having this much impact with this these type of words. Like how do I not know who she is? And I pride myself exactly. on like being informed. I was like... Hmm. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Definitely got it to Yeah, and there's a lot of other girls who are like her that right. are undiscovered, but who have just as strong as a voice as her. So, yeah. it's all about the platform you're given and taken advantage of. And I feel like she... At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting Black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. 
Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Was given a great opportunity and is representing black girls so well across the country. 100. You ready to jump into this main interview portion? Yes. All right. So we want to get to know you. And we want to better understand your motivations, your dreams, why you do what it is that you do, yes. and even how you, be, you got here, right? Like, what pushes you? So the very first thing that I want to ask you to really connect you with the audience is, of all these hashtag murders that we've seen happen across the last umpteen years, right, which one impacted you the most and why? I believe the one that kind of impacted me and started my whole drive was Trayvon Martin. And that was wow. back in 2012. So I was about seven years old when I first learned about it. And he, he kind of resonated with me because of his age. When Trayvon was shot, he was 17 years old. So he was me now. And for those who do not know Trayvon Martin, Trayvon was the boy who was walking to the corner store. Um, he got some Skittles and I think a watermelon Arizona and was walking back and there was a neighborhood watchman. His name was George Zimmerman. He reported Trayvon, said he looked suspicious, but we all know what that means. Mm -hmm. um, reported him to the cops. Um, Trayvon and George Zimmerman got into an altercation and ended up killing Trayvon. And while Zimmerman did go to trial for it, then he was acquitted. And I just learned recently that now he is signing Skittle packages and um, selling them for good portions of money. Yeah. So that just kind of shows the judicial system we, we live in today. And yeah. that just kind of inspired me um, from the very beginning. Even when I was seven years old, it kind of informed me that this is the world we live in today. And I remember having a conversation with my mom kind of sitting me down, telling me about what it's like to be Black in America. Yeah. And although I was only seven years old, I feel like I kind of started to slowly grasp the concept that, you know, whenever I walk out of the house, there is a target on my back due to my yeah. skin color. And I feel like that was just kind of the turning point. And the yeah. first time that I heard about um, just Black um, killings, you know. Right. And although you hear about it in history, I feel like it's kind of different to live it in present day and learn that another teen like you is just being killed because of their skin color. I feel like that truly just opens your eyes yeah. to the world you live in. I agree. I agree with that. I'm going to go off script real quickly. You, you said something that made me think, and I wanted to dig into this just a little bit. You talked about being seven and having that conversation with your parents. What do you remember about that conversation? And what is your suggestion to parents now who are having to have that conversation tonight or tomorrow? I just pray for the parents who have to have it because that's always a very tough conversation. Yeah. I remember a lot of tears and I remember that conversation transitioning into the um, black, being black while being pulled over. It transformed yeah. into that conversation about 10 and 2, hands on the steering wheel, no sudden movements, always ask if you can have permission to do anything. Yeah. And that's always a tough conversation as well. So I believe all of these conversations need to happen, though. You cannot ignore them. And especially for the biracial kids, I feel like it's right. kind of hardest for them since sometimes they want to avoid that kind of side of them. And I feel like 
for any person with any type of melanin tone skin, you have to have that conversation because you are treated differently, despite if you want to or not, yeah. you're treated differently in this world. But yeah. I just pray for the parents who have to have it because I know it was tough for my mom and my dad and I'm going to have to give it to my kids one day. Do you remember the emotions you felt when you had that conversation? I was saddened and I was shocked. I was saddened because this is America that we live in. And that's kind of when I realized I need to do something about the state that we're living in because this cannot go on forever. We cannot just be pulled over and shot for what we look like. Yeah. Um, I think it was just sad and I was shocked too that he, this is actually happening. You know, I kind of yeah. thought this was gone with the abolishment of slavery, you know, right. but this will kind of haunt us and forever follow us just with the institution of America, I feel like. What does activism mean to you? I kind of describe activism as, you know, my passion and my calling and just everything that I've kind of embodied myself into. Ever since the launch of my platform, mm. I feel like I've been just completely involved in the movement. Just not only Black Lives Matter, but just advancing Black people as a whole. And I just feel like people kind of have a misinterpretation on what activism is. They kind of think that they need to be doing what we're doing, having right. these conversations, speaking, hosting protests. But I just like to debunk that theory always because you can be an activist sitting from your room. Yeah. Like you do not have to speak out in front of a thousand people to be considered an activist, I feel like. They kind of compare themselves to, you know, the giants, the John Lewis's, the um, Martin Luther King's, just the notable civil rights figures and— Although they did spark a lot of change and they kind of were the catalyst for this entire movement, you can just be as a contribution to this movement as they were, especially yeah. with today's day and age with yeah. social media. I feel like that's what kind of urged me a little more since if I can post this, I can post something about Black Lives Matter and yeah. kind of educating my community. So yeah. I feel like it's kind of my role now, especially because I'm older and I've lived through the experiences. Right. It's my job to kind of educate the people around me and just inform them of my situations as well as kind of give them ideas on how to step into the future better. Activism often has an origin story. You talked about Trayvon Martin already, and if it's the same, it's all good. I get it. But is there a point that you can remember where you woke up or you went to bed or maybe you found yourself in an emotional moment and you were like, you know what? This, that's it. Like, I have got to step up. I have got to open my mouth. I've got to share my thoughts. I've got to connect people. What was the moment for you where you decided you were going to step into this world and activate? My moment was after George Floyd's killing. Um, Everyone saw it broadcasted, all on the news, all on social media. That video was everywhere. I'm sure everyone has seen it. That was kind of the point where I realized that I needed to do something. Right. And especially because before I even started my platform, I was kind of viewed as this civil rights figure within my community. Right. So although I already saw the video, that Instagram video was being sent to me personally right. from various people in my um, community. Right. And they were like, Kylie, have you seen this? Have you seen this? And I was like, of course I have. I've seen it. And rather than just writing a response, which was what my entire generation was doing, and I am so proud of my generation for kind of stepping up at that moment. And although sometimes I feel like it was just a moment and not in movement when it yeah. should be a movement. Yeah. 
Um, I still applaud them for stepping up in that one moment, at least, since they are doing some type of change. But after everyone was sending me that video, I kind of feel like everyone was relying on me. And when people are relying on you, I feel like you kind of got to step it up a notch, you know. And that was when I realized I needed to do more than just post something on Instagram. That was when I realized I needed to kind of unify my generation. And while it happened to be on the platform of Instagram, Mm. it kind of spread everywhere so I could get my whole generation intact just regarding this one topic of civil rights. Since I kind of saw that everyone cared, I um, oftentimes say that there's power within numbers. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if my generation came together, you know, under this one unifying topic, then we could be stronger than what previous generations were. And I feel like that's how you create effective long-term change. So that's my kind of breaking point. I think I launched it May 31st of 2020. And that was my day where I released it everywhere and told everyone that I was going to start my platform. That's so dope. In those moments when you decided that I have to become active and I have to do something that you had never done before, how did you, one, find the courage, two, find the technical skill and the capability to do it? And I'm asking this question because I am sure that there is someone else your age listening or a parent of someone your age and they see this in their child, I want to be able to help them go from inaction to action. How did you make that step? I feel like part of it has to do with my character. And you Mm. have to understand that the result is more than the risk you're taking. Right. So I think a lot of people are hard on themselves, especially when it comes to protest and different things. They're like, oh, I'm not hosting a protest because what if no one comes? It's that type of mindset that my generation has to overcome. They have to realize that the result is much greater than the risk that you're taking. And I feel like mine kind of started when I was just speaking out in the classroom. I kind of found my voice inside class just during those little discussions. And I feel like you just kind of have to put yourself out there. I feel like it's just a conversation within yourself that you're ready to do this and that there will be people who are around you and they'll help you in any way. Like I promise, I kind of doubted myself, I feel like, a little when I was starting this platform but just the reassurance of my community and the feedback and the help of my mom and my dad and just my family overall, it kind of motivated me to continue pushing forward and to launch it as a whole. Since people really do care about what you're doing. They care about the impact you're trying to make and they care about your dreams. So I feel like once you kind of get yourself out there, there will be thousands of people who support you. And we'll continue to um, push you forward. You came ready today, didn't you? <laughs> Thank right, so you. one of the things you mentioned was was fear, overcoming fear, right? Mm-hmm. And will people show up at my protest, right? Right. So the next question I want to ask is about fear. Stepping into the role of an activist, practicing activism is about creating change and people over and through are resistant to change, especially when they feel like that change may cost them something even if the reality is different, right? Right. So as you continue to grow in this world, are you fearful? Are you scared of the impacts that could come back your way? And how do you handle it if you are? You know, I am actually a little afraid. And not only just of the impacts of um, my platform or anything, it's just fear of being Black in America. That is just a fear I think a lot of um, African-American individuals kind of carry. 
And especially seeing the murders on the news and like social media, it's often really negative and right. scary, I would say. Just um, clicking on your TV and seeing another Black man killed, yeah. I think that's just kind of truly disheartening and scary. And I remember reading an article one time and it said one out of a thousand Black men can expect to be killed by police. And that kind of leads me to not only being fearful for myself, right. it's kind of being fearful for my brother and for my dad. Yeah. Since as my brother kind of grows older, um, I'm just afraid of him stepping out in the world. And right. I know my mom is as well, especially right. she kind of reminds us every time we get into the car driving black, she's just like, please um, text me when you're there. Text yeah. me when you're leaving. Call me if you get pulled over. I need to hear the whole conversation. I just know that's truly scary for her, just kind of watching us grow and develop in this world, especially with everything that's going on around us. And I'm just scared, I think more so for my brother. I feel like I'm kind of okay within this world. I'll be able to handle myself. But the way that society views my brother as kind of a threat and always having a target on his back is what scares me the most. I don't operate in fear, but that doesn't mean I don't have fears. Of course. And as a Black man in this country, there are not many more things that don't pose imminent threat as scary as seeing blue lights in your rearview mirror. Exactly. Like it sends chills through my body. I'm instantly tense. And I'm, I can't even count how many thoughts go through my head, whether I'm alone, whether I'm with someone. Lord, don't let me be with my children, right? Exactly. It's, it's, a, it's a crazy feeling. As we talk about fear, overcoming fear, the work that you're doing in activism, right? What does success look like to you? What is your goal? Well, my goal, I would say, is just living in an equal world without racism. Right. And although I feel like that goal will never truly happen, right. I feel like we can strive to get as close as possible to the goal. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. And that's what kind of just keeps me going since I have that drive to kind of make the world a better place. That's just what kind of influences me. And I just feel like that's what the perfect utopia would be. Um, everyone getting treated the same. And especially, you know, as I said before, with the Trayvon Martin, George Zimmerman getting acquitted. And it's just the difference within the judicial um, chambers and the sentences that Black men receive. Um, all African-Americans actually versus a Caucasian is just blasphemy. Like, I just can't believe some of those things. And that's what I'm kind of advocating for. And I hope with um, our new elected officials and everything that there will be equality within the judicial chamber because that is where equality is supposed to happen the most. Although if it's not going to happen in society, it should at least happen through the government, I would believe. Yeah. So... My goal is probably a little unrealistic, but that's what I'm going to always strive for. And that's my goal of a perfect world. You know, something like hearing you talk and even saying that your goal might be a little unrealistic. I think there's such a power and a beauty in that. Unrealistic or not, right? Because right. the flip side is at 45 years old, I'm jaded as hell. I'm, I'm at the point where <laughs> I, sometimes I'll walk around and I am angry while I'm smiling. Sometimes I'll walk around and I'm like, you know what? Give me mom these motherfuckers is never going to change. Right? <laughs> right, that's that's right. what pops into my head. I, I think about how the government has been established, how the country's been run, how it's been built. 
and, and I recognize in all of that pain, frustration, and anger that I feel, we, we need your unrealistic goals. Right. right? We, we need you and people just like you to come back and fight for the things that we should have been fighting for much longer ago. Exactly. When I was 17, I should have been fighting, but I didn't know I needed to fight, right? And, and that's not a reflection on my parents or on myself. I think it's much more a reflection of the time. Society. And, and yeah. I'm grateful that you are unrealistic, right? Like, yeah. please continue to be so. <laughs> Thank because you. I firmly believe that the impossible is possible when we make it so, right? And, and right. I think that's what you all have. That's just magic of your generation, right? So we talk about this unrealistic goal, right? Mm -hmm. But what do you think are the real roadblocks that are stopping you from achieving what you're going towards and holding us back, forcing us into these conversations? What do we need to get out of our way? Let me start off from the opposite side. I think it's the teachings of racism. When right. um, children are born, you know, they see no color. And it happens through family. It right. happens through the conversations within the household that are then transmitted out into the real world. And then they start to see other kids. And that's kind of when tension builds up. It right. starts young. And it starts when they are taught. Because no one is just born racist. Like, right. let's just say how it is. Right. No one is truly born like that. It just happens from the family and it stems from the parents, I would say. So I think the largest roadblock would be um, just starting to dismantle that whole mindset and mind frame within the family household of just teaching the difference in color. And I think from our side, a lot of African-Americans and um, Caucasians as well, I think— right. People kind of are very closed-minded. They don't want to hear the other story. They yeah. don't want to understand the other point of view. And that's what kind of leads us into these conversations that we're having today. Yeah. And they do not want to get uncomfortable. To get uncomfortable, that's how you create change. Yeah. Conversations like this need to happen. And I remember a lot of those conversations within my um, prominently white school. Right. Uh, I just had a lot of those. A lot of people were often looking at me when I would kind of voice my opinion and I'd be like, okay, I heard yours for 45 minutes. Now wow. open up and listen to my story. Yeah. And I feel like that's what's kind of needed to um, booster some change up into this world since a lot of people kind of only hear their one-sided story and don't pay attention to the other side. I think that's what needs to happen. I think more uncomfortable situations need to come about. And that's the only way that true change, long-term impact will happen. The two things you said that I want to comment on, one, talking about your experience in school. It was not until I read um, Dear Martin by Nick Stone that I began to understand, like, what might be happening in my son's school. Yes. Before that, I think I underestimated the type of conversations he might be subjected to. I knew my world was political. Mm -hmm. I, I knew in my world it was oftentimes white versus black. I, I knew that was the case. But in his world, I, I, I wasn't yet believing that that was the situation. It and then is. I read this book, right? Yeah. Um, so one thing I want to ask is, how do you advise someone navigate those waters? You know, even before that, what is it like? Right? Because everyone listening hasn't read Nick Stone's book. Even though she's been here, you've heard her, and you should have, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> right? What is it like to be young and Black in a majority white high school? It's just a lot of eyes constantly judging you. They're just constantly looking at you, and especially the whole natural hair thing at school <laughs> yes. with people running up to you, just touching your hair like you're like an animal. 
you know, they'll come running up to me. Oh my God, your hair is so soft. I'm like, please, like, let's not do this again. It's often stressful. And right. I feel like with HBCUs, I kind of think that's why I'm so determined to go to one mm-hmm. since I've been surrounded um, just by being a minority my entire life. And I'm done with code switching, having to just code switch within um, different spaces and classrooms and being restricted, not being able to express certain ideas because of like the consequences that will um, become of it. Well, I remember just having a lot of conversations like this in my current um, issues class. Mm-hmm. We had a presidential debate and I Real ran… Quick, what, what, is, what is current issues? We, current we, issues. We didn't is, have that in school when I was there. <laughs> it's like, it's just a class where we just kind of talk about what's going on in the world. And we did a mock presidential debate sort of thing. And of right. course, I ran for president. I, <laughs> I was the president out of my group. And he gave us some very serious topics to right. talk about. And I remember one of them was racism. And that was a hard conversation with all of the Trump supporters in the room. I promise you, it was probably me and two other kids who were Black. And then probably about... I want to say seven of us were Democratic and they were, um, of course, of the other race. But that was a really tough conversation. I was responded with a lot of hate, I would say. When I tried to, once again, express my side of the story, they were shooting me down. And I was kind of telling them about what it's like to live Black in America. And I was telling them about the talk that we have to have at the kitchen table about being pulled over. And I'm just like, y'all will never experience what it is like to get pulled over as a Black person in America. Although y'all might face a few troubles here and there with the law or something, y'all will never understand what my entire race has to go through. And I was responded with, well, it's not as bad as the 1900s. And I'm like, well, thank God. I mean, I don't want to live through Jim Crow. And they just were kind of comparing it to the olden days. And I was like, okay, but now we're in the future. Y'all like to talk about how that's in the past. That's in the past. You can't um, talk about slavery anymore because it's in the past. That's what I brought up in class one time too about how I descended from slaves. Like African-Americans, we were the enslaved people. And they were like, well, that was a thousand years ago, Kylie. You can move on from that. And it's just the institution of racism that has been just glorified within America. It's just often everywhere you look, I would say. So there's a big lack of understanding and education as to to how we we became positioned the way we are. I I hear that that same argument all the time. And (laughs) and I think it's important for people to understand that there's bias and then there's systematic issues, right? And and what you're talking about is systematic. It is built into the foundation of the country, yada, yada, yada. We can go down that forever. (laughs) But the reason I wanted you to kind of highlight that is for the parents listening, for those of you all who have not thought to have these conversations with your children, if they're 7th, 8th, 10th, 12th, I encourage you to, to ask questions because these conversations are being had around them. And, and at times they're being facilitated by the school themselves, right? You heard Kylie's example with the, the race assignment in class. So make sure you're digging in with your own children to understand their perspective and to make sure that you're helping to guide them the right way. Because if you're not guiding them, someone is. And when you don't know, you give up that power and you also provide impact to their future that you can't control. So the next thing I want to talk about is you also mentioned in racism at home, the impact that a parent may have on a child negatively, right? Right. Let's flip it. I want to talk about the role that a parent has in creating a child interested in change 
activism betterment. What do you think the parents' role is there? I think the biggest role is acting as a cheerleader. I remember just my mom kind of when I was expressing my doubts to her, just with the launch of my own platform, she was like, we will rally behind you no matter what. And I feel like that's the best thing that a parent can do, just is offer support, offer guidance, just kind of be their best friend. I think during this time, it's very challenging. And I feel like a lot of people don't understand not only the physical challenges, but the mental challenges this brings, especially along with the hate. I think a parent's best role is just to encourage their child to keep speaking up and just to keep trying to make an impact in the world. I feel like that's just the best option and like the only kind of thing that they can do. Since this is a journey that you kind of have to embark on your own, they just have to watch from the sidelines and kind of pump you up for it. Do you, do you welcome their help when you ask for it? Yes. I think I ask my mom all the time, especially um, when I do my own interviews with other people. I'm always like, mom, how does this sound? <laughs> do you like this question? Do you think I'm kind of grasping at a topic here? Right. And I think that's what, sh- what is one of the best things I think my mom kind of does for me, right. especially with just kind of offering her support everywhere, like, even back during the protest, I used to protest during the summer. I think like every two weeks or something on the corner of Crab Apple in front of a CVS. And my mom was like, oh, let me buy you a megaphone. Oh, let me oh, yeah, go. I'll you. <laughs> oh, you let me go me get you posters megaphone. and different things. So I think that just um, contribution kind of helps right. me and keeps me going, especially if I know that she thinks that I can do it, then of course I can do it then. So while we're talking about adults, I think it's important to talk about them from all sides. And I don't know if you've heard this or not yet, but I'm sure you will at some point. And I'm sure it's already been said. There's someone out there who says, you know what? She's 16. What the hell does she know? Right. <laughs> right. Why Why is she talking? Where is Tamika Mallory? Where, where, where is whoever else, right? Yeah. When that comes up, if it's come up, how do you handle that you're just a kid, step aside type of attitude? Rather than going back and forth with them, I often... We ain't got time to go back and forth with you people. <laughs> right. I often just prove them wrong. Yeah. I often think that um, actions speak louder than words. And rather than sitting down, telling them about all my accolades, telling them that I'm on the National Honor Society or been on honor roll or just all of my Don't different things. On them, <laughs> just instead of saying all of that, I'd rather just stand up there and kind of deliver my truth. And I feel like that was one of the things that happened um, during my speech at the Georgia Capitol. Right. Although everyone externally was like, okay, I think internally a few of the adults were kind of doubting me, especially mm-hmm. because at the Capitol, I think it was only adults out there. So right. to see a little girl walk on stage and say, hey, can I have a turn to speak? I think that kind of doubted a few people. And although they didn't come directly to me, I think that was kind of what was in the back of a few people's minds there. And after I delivered that speech and after the crowd cheered for me and everything, they were like, oh my God, you're so amazing. That's kind of what I try to aim for every time. Rather than telling them about me and telling them about what I do, I'd rather just stand up there, tell them my story, tell them my beliefs, um, kind of describe how articulate I am and how intelligent I am. And then let them make their own assumptions based on what I have given for them. That's yeah, how I kind of handle a, it. I'm a student of, of Petty LaBelle and Old Petty Knight. I, I love to point out to people when they have claims. Like, <laughs> I, 
maybe it's a flaw, right? But I love to like very gently be like, hey, you see how you was wrong with that? I used to keep a list of, as I build things, I keep lists of the people who said, you can't do that, you shouldn't do that, there's no way it's going to work. I literally keep a list of those people. Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. And anytime I, I get the list. opportunity to, I'm like, you you still on the... Did you see what I did last week? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, I think the my favorite thing is when they come back around and there's too much ego for them to say, I was wrong, I'm yeah. sorry. But they do come in like, hey... Uh, you did good. Yeah. Can, I, can I get with you real quick? Yeah. You know, can you tell me how you... Mm-hmm. And, but I do help them. Yeah. Right? And, and for me, that's the biggest pleasure. It's like, now you see what I was talking about. Then. Exactly. And as frustrated as I, w- as I was at you for saying no, it also motivated me personally. Mm-hmm. So, haters got a role too. Yeah. Absolutely. They do. All right. So, we, we kind of talked about your age and your generation, but I don't know how you all do it. I don't, I don't know why. I don't know where it comes from, but I'm so happy it's here. You all have like this, no fear. I'm not taking any type of shit, get it done attitude. And we saw that so obviously across 2020, right? Yes, we did. The, w- the, the way, the, way the, the, the Tulsa Trump rally got hijacked through TikTok, the, the way That's folks so were, yeah. that was amazing. Yeah. The way folks were in the street, not for the normal week or two weeks, mm-hmm. but for months yeah. across the country, across the globe, right? It was not people who are 45 who did that. We participated, mm-hmm. but that overall was led by a much, much younger demographic. What is it about you all? Like, where does that come from? Why, why, mm-hmm. do, you, why do you all operate that way? Like, I want to know because I want to <laughs> spread it. Like, how do we, how does that become contagious? I feel like, first off, it's mainly our generation. I feel like right. our generation is kind so of gonna, just you're not gonna give me none, huh? united. I think it's just kind of our age group type of thing. We're just extremely united. And I think it has to do with the setting that we're in now. Just due to the different age gaps, we grew up in um, different eras, I would say. And with this era, we are very big on social media, right. on the whole TikTok thing that blew up because of social media. It went yeah. viral. So I think social media plays a very large part in it. And although social media can um, have its negative impacts, yeah. I think it has a lot more positive ones. And especially because it's super easy. You can just post something and then it will go viral and then everyone will participate. And that's what I really like about social media. Um, you don't really have to know the person to kind of be online friends with them. And I kind of experienced that with my platform. There was a girl who reached out to me once who was from Europe. And she was telling me about how she's been watching me, what I do, what I post on one will it end. 
And she was telling me how much of an impact I was making. Although she lived in Europe, she was like, I love to hear you speak always. Right. And I just feel like it's that that brings our generation together. It's just seeing something we like and not getting jealous, but supporting each other and just highlighting it, reposting it ourselves. That kind of brings my generation together right. and just continues to form the change that we're impacting today. Right. Are you all active enough in all roles? And, and what I mean by that is you all are definitely in the streets marching, definitely protesting. But what, what I don't know is how much of you all, how many of you all are active in the planning or, or active in all the various segments that it takes mm -hmm. to truly create a movement, right? Are there enough of you all with a different skill set to drive all the pieces, right? I, I talk to people about it being, if you think about the military, right? The military works right. because there are several different roles at several different levels. And people operated each one of those in their mm -hmm. own capacity. Do you all do that well enough? I feel like we do. And I feel yeah. like we are learning. I feel yeah. like this is all, you know, a learning curve for us. And we're kind of learning as we're right. going on. But I think enough of us care right. to kind of start a movement. Enough yeah. of us care enough to kind of post we're having a protest. Yeah. And all it takes is one. Right. All it really takes is one. And everyone will follow. So I think at least just having that one voice step up and then having um, your community kind of rally around you, I feel like that's all it takes. And especially with social media, again, with like the um, Black youth voter turnout, especially, mm -hmm. I feel like we did amazing flipping Georgia blue. That had a lot to do with the youth votes. And it's just an influence that social media has on us. I know that it was posted every single day. It was like... Um, you can vote early now. You can click to see your voter location. Vote now. Vote now. It was just everywhere on all social media platforms. And I feel like that's what kind of boosted us to go vote since we saw it everywhere. Right. And those ads with the runoff, we saw it everywhere, all on YouTube, all on TV. I feel like those ads and just our um, kind of drive within ourselves is what um, keeps us going and gets us, you know, starting to make an impact. And I think just resources have a part of it now since we kind of have more access to various resources. Right. I know at a lot of different posts I've seen, they'll have like a number at the bottom and it'll be like, call your senator to tell them you want da 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 And it will kind of All spell out what, yeah, exactly. It will spell out exactly what you're supposed to say, who you're supposed to call, what you'd like to demand for. And I feel like that's what kind of keeps us going. Although if we're, you know, not doing it within ourselves, we're seeing it, which then causes us to do it. Although it might not be our own idea, I think that's a good portion of it as well. But I think truly we are making an impact and we have everyone in a different skill set that will continue to push us forward. Listeners, I hope you're really paying attention, right? Kylie's 16 years old. She's already talked about Democratic versus Republican. She's talked about the impact and the power of the vote and she can't even vote, right? So right. if you are listening and you didn't vote, stop listening. Like, I don't, I don't want you here, just to be very honest. <laughs> Secondly, if you did vote, go tell the people around you that they should be voting. Exactly. She's 16, cannot vote, and is helping to drive the vote. Like, what is your excuse? What is your problem? What is holding you right. down from where you are? You don't, you don't have one. Don't even, don't even try to tell me. You don't, you don't have one. So what advice do you have for people who feel the tug in their heart to go out here and create this change right now, what would you tell them to do better yet? Sometimes it just takes that one 
step, right? right. Just to get enough forward momentum or maybe a big head that leans forward, but to get enough forward momentum to start moving. What's the one thing that you suggest people do to start? I think the one thing that I would say is repost. I think that's the easiest thing. And I think that's very effective Mm -hmm. because I think networking plays a huge role in that. As I stated, I didn't know I was reaching people in Europe. I think just social media has a large portion of that that's kind of making that effective. And for the people who are, I want to say, scared to kind of stand up, use their voice, although you shouldn't be scared, and I highly suggest you to use your voice, right. you can always just post something on Instagram. I think that is what kind of started me in the beginning. And people kind of noticed, they're like, oh, you're posting a lot about civil rights. Although you haven't made any posts yet, I'm seeing you kind of just repost what other people are saying. And I think that's the easiest step. And that's most effective, um, just depending on the situation you're in. Yeah. But I feel like as you get more comfortable, you should kind of push yourself to do more. Don't get complacent and right. just thinking that posting is enough. I think, um, of course, voting, you know, donating to the different causes. I think all of that is just as important. And donate. You can but, donate time, money, <laughs> services, energy. You can anything. donate a, lot, a, bunch, a bunch of stuff. Right. Just to make an impact and just continue to push forward. But yeah. that's kind of my advice for any beginner is just to start posting and to start educating yourself. I think that's a big portion of it too. Just in your free time, kind of read articles, educate yourself on what's going on. And I think that's what kind of drove me to start my platform. Since I was a gymnast before, I was consumed with gymnastics. I wasn't looking at TV. I wasn't looking at what was going on in the world around me. And I feel like acknowledging um, the situation you live in and all of the just different things that are going on around you that are negative, just acknowledging them and trying to advocate for change about them. That's just the first step. I think just realizing that there is an issue at hand and maybe identifying a solution for it. But I think that first thing of just seeing there's a problem is most yeah. definitely the most important. And then maybe reposting, as I said. But that's I love what that got you me. brought up social, right? Because going back to their their roles everywhere. And when you really think about fighting racism, activism. Like, that's an ecosystem at play. Right. When you turn on your television and you see CNN talking about things that are happening, when you look out your front door and you see marches going down your street, you begin to get an understanding of what's happening. And then when you turn on your social media feed and you see people who are connected to you spreading the same message. Like, it's it's marketing. It's coming at you from multiple angles. It's a repetitive message. And it's important. It's really, really, really important. I got a couple more questions for you. The first one is, let's talk about Kylie when she's 50. You you, you have a few more wrinkles, right? (laughs) A couple kids. Maybe maybe you're jaded by this time too, looking at the younger generation, thanking them for not being. (laughs) But when when you're sitting in your 50-year-old self and you're reflecting on the impact that you've had across your lifetime, what do you hope your legacy is? What do you hope people think of or say when they think about you and your work? I just hope my legacy was just creating some sort of impact. It does not need to be a whole bunch. I just hope that I was known for some sort of little impact, at least. Just knowing that you changed one life or saved one life, it doesn't need to be a thousand. Just knowing that you saved or helped one person just would be the legacy that I 
continue to strive for and that I hope that I will be known for. And I feel like I've already accomplished it. I feel like based on the people who reached out to me after I started my platform, people who I've never talked to and some people who are within my school and were like, I've always been afraid to speak up. But once I saw you do it, that's what kind of inspired me and they kind of rally around me. I feel like that kind of set me up to what I want my legacy to look like, what I want my future to look like. And although I want to be involved in civil rights forever, um, I just hope during my younger years, the years that I'm living now, I was kind of known for stepping out of the comfort zone and just being the one person at least who was trying to make an impact regardless of the situation I'm in or the situation that other people are in right now. I think the algorithms of human behavior the rules of intimacy and contact right. make it impossible for you to only touch one person. Exactly. By the time you reach that one person who is bettered by your words or your behavior, you have already reached everyone that they come in contact with that day and in that moment mm-hmm. and everyone that they come in contact with as well. So I think that's such the beautiful thing about the work that we're doing is it is about human connection. It is about reaching people and the people that they reach. And, and you are absolutely making, a, making an impact. I've gotten, I've gotten notes on my platform from posting what you've posted, people asking <laughs> about you. it, looking to connect and follow you. So I think that's amazing. Couple questions. You you talked, I want to do two things. I want to go back to your platform. I want to go back to when will it end 2020 for a moment. Earlier, you talked about interviewing people. Yes. So I want to double back and I want you to tell our listeners a little bit about what you all are doing in the space, whether it's interviews, whether it's marches. And I also want you to tell them now versus later how they can engage with you. How can they follow you? How can they keep up with what you're doing? Of course. Well, right now I am doing a lot more interviews just because of Corona and everything. We were protesting out in the summer and I was reposting, telling people when to meet up, where to go. But just because of the cases and the numbers, I'm just like, it's safer to stay indoors right now, mask up everyone. But I am having a lot of, you know, educational conversations for my generation and everyone as a whole. But of course, it's geared towards my generation just to educate them. Because especially although George Floyd video, that video was everywhere, there was a few people who did not know what was going on. And that's what kind of drove me like, okay, well, if I know, if I was put in a position that I have enough knowledge to be able to describe what's going on, then I need to be able to use it. I need to distribute it to the other people who do not know what's going on. So on my platform, I often talk about um, the different killings that are going on. Just right. And although not all of it is like gloomy and dark, sometimes I'm always like, vote, especially during the whole um, campaign and all the runoff and everything. Right. I just make a lot of posts, I think, that are heartfelt, that are educational mainly, and that express my point of view. Very biased post, but I often kind of educate my audience through my lens, through my work, through my vision, I would say. And I think the best way to kind of continue following what I do would just be to follow at one bullet in on 2020. So I think think that's the best way. Do you have any political aspirations? Not really political. I don't really want to get into politics, although I'm kind of already there. I don't want to, you know, get into the mess of it. But I do have aspirations of becoming a civil rights attorney. That is my end goal. And I want to start my own law firm, take on cases in less fortunate communities pro bono. That's my ultimate goal, just to help give back to the community, you know, that kind of raised me and just help the people who can't fight for themselves. That's what I often say. So 
those are my goals. Not really into the big politics, but just kind of making an impact in my community wherever I live. Love it. I ask this question of a lot of guests. Imagine that you had the megaphone your mom bought you, right? Right. And in this case, that megaphone was so well constructed that it reached the ear of every person under the age of 25. Every person, regardless of sex, race, anything. Mm -hmm. And you had 60 seconds to deliver your message. No one can turn you off. No one can mute you. It can't drown you out. They have to listen to your voice and your voice alone for 60 seconds. You don't have to fill the whole 60. What would you tell them? I would say be the change you want to see in the world. Ooh, she was ready for it. Yeah, that's, that's what it. I say. It was best stated by Mahatma Gandhi. And I just kind of think that quote is what everyone needs to live by. I love it. Be the change you want to see in the world. I love it. Of course. Kylie, that's it. <laughs> Thank you so much. That's a wrap. Ain't, ain't nothing else. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll ask you to, to close out by telling everyone how to track you, how to find you, where to get you on Instagram or yes. Facebook. Do you do Facebook? No, just Instagram. Yeah. But my Instagram. Telling your age. <laughs> <laughs> right. Absolutely. But my Instagram Absolutely. is at when will it end 2020? And you can follow me and turn on my post notifications, whatever you want to do. But you'll get notified when I go live, when I speak to different individuals. That's just the best way, I think, to get impacted and get involved through me. Right. Cool. Thank you. That's it. Listen, Wild Black, um, I hope you feel outperformed, right? Because like, she came in here, it's obvious of her passions. Her abilities are obvious. Her impact is also obvious. I want you to feel outshined and, and I want you to take that as a challenge to go do more and go do better. And if you're shining bright, I, I take that as a challenge to shine brighter right. because there's, there's no way around how much you are needed, how much we are needed, how much she is needed. And if, if we all do truly want to see a world that fits us, that respects us, a world in which there is equality and equity and a world in which our children and our children's children can operate carefree and fearless, the work has to be done now. And the work has been in tow for who knows how long, really. And God willing, it's not in tow for the rest of our lives or her lives or our grandchildren's lives. But what I do know is if there's any progress to be made, now is the time to make it. The time is always now. Yes. And so with that, we're going to leave you while black. Love you. We out. Peace. Thank you. Hey there. Ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before.